0: Welcome to The Dead Format, episode 143. My name is Ian McEwen. I'm joined for this special weekend edition, Guys Night Out episode by The uh, the Bachelor, Tom Smiley. And we're going to talk about Legacy.
1: Yeah, I'm neither out nor... Uh, yeah, I don't even know how to respond to that. It's a
0: different vibe, though, recording. This is the first time I think we've ever recorded on a weekend night, right?
1: Uh, No, we did last week, right? didn't we push it back we did sunday night which i guess it doesn't technically count as a weekend oh night, okay yeah but yeah, it, it felt was... different to me yeah 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 my kid <sighs> but... my kid is asleep behind me hopefully he doesn't wake up oh long. okay but is it even is it even uh friday over there james oh so maybe maybe you wanted to do like a, saturday man like a build up saturday intro.
0: saturday if, yeah the future from the future, I don't That's even right. know what's where James is joining us from. To be honest, so so this is uh, this is gonna be a lot of learning for us. And luckily for your son, I don't think we'll be talking a whole lot at the beginning.
1: Yeah, talk to us about what was going on. You were like, you were locked up. You just got out. Like we got not locked up, locked down. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I wasn't on?
2: sure if you guys wanted me to talk about that. So. I'm in Shanghai, so I have been, the city has been locked down for, gosh, I think it's day 50. It's, uh, it's been definitely almost two months, for some people even longer. We've just been locked down, like every everything is closed. Uh, you can go out, but in, limited, in a limited capacity. And yeah, it's just a new normal right now.
0: Dude, that's, that's wild. So you're in your house, though?
2: I am in my house, yes. So I told you guys about this sort of plan B that that we had, which was like, maybe we should get out. Maybe we should, you know, try to relocate ourselves. We did some cost-benefit analysis and uh, decided right now it wasn't worth it. So, yeah, still still in my house, still still in Shanghai at the moment.
0: So you're talking about being worth it and uh you know i have a little experience living in the united states so what do you do you hire you hire like coyotes to smuggle you out or something is that oh no
2: no no it's all it's all legitimate not that the ccp is listening to this but it's, (laughs) it's all like you basically just apply for a pass to so you can you have to declare okay if if you're gonna get out you promise to never come well i mean you can promise and they're not going to let you back in until the lockdown is lifted. So that's also one risk is that if the lockdown becomes indefinite, then we can't come back. And, uh, there's one aspect, which is related to this. There's another aspect, which is just going through all the paperwork and having to balance a whole bunch of different things. And, and also you have to quarantine. So you have to, you have to check yourself in, in a hotel outside Shanghai for a week, maybe two weeks and get tested every day maybe like two three times a day so this is part of the cost right so as you guys may know in china COVID passports very much a thing like they will track you no matter where you are your code has to be green so we have to be green and have a test just to get out of the city and you have to make sure that it doesn't turn yellow because if you're yellow then no hotel is going to take you and you're just going to be like Living in your car like a bum for for Uh, two months, and this has happened to some people. So do you know? It's a whole can of worms.
0: Like, or does it just happen all of a sudden?
2: Well, it's kind of a it's kind of a black box, right? To use a (laughs) a software term. Yep. Uh, You can turn yellow for various reasons. For example, not having not getting tested in X amount of days. Uh, Mm -hmm. That's how they make sure that people get tested. You can turn yellow just by association by being in a building that is considered to be at risk or flagged, so there's a whole lot of uh it, it it's probably hard to explain to Americans or north american listeners it's it's a, There's a lot going on that you have to account for so that was all that was all part of our cost benefit analysis
0: Can you turn yellow for talking to c d characters on telegram
2: Probably. Probably. Oh, no, I mean I'm we've sorry, turned yellow bro. just we've turned we've trimmed yellow just from having someone in our building be po- covid positive like you know oh, they, like, that, put that the has whole, happened that is, they
1: put the whole building on yellow because you could be like a potential contact or something
2: exactly oh, yeah wow yeah that's the level that you could get into or you could like go into a grocery store uh you know because you have to to enter a public establishment you had to have scanned your codes so they know that you passed by and that day maybe somebody who is COVID positive went to that same grocery store. Well, guess what? You might be guilty by association. All that kind of stuff.
0: Damn. So basically since last time we had James on Martin Shkreli is now free and James is now a prisoner. It's uh, how the turn <laughs> tables, right? Yeah. How the yep. tables have turned.
2: Yeah. Bro, how i But I'm... I'm super happy to be here, man. I I have I wanted to be on air to have a chance to tell you guys. Like, you guys are now my favorite legacy podcast. It's there because you guys have fully leaned into the um, the lifestyle slash real estate slash Ohio food demographic. <laughs> so I'm, I'm all for it. You know,
1: there are Dude. there are many podcasts that do deep dives on uh, Ohio food. Um, so I'm glad we could we could corner that market too.
0: We're going house shopping tomorrow actually. So, I'm going to have some uh some updates. Dude, what uh what is the inflation rate? Like do do you, in China, do they say like you know the the core CPI and anything like that? Do they even like announce that sort of data?
2: Yeah, I believe they do. I have to look it up.
0: But is it like is it high? Is like a news story that there's inflation in China or is there is that not really going on?
2: Uh, I think there is a story around that. There is a story, but it's just being overshadowed by all the other things that are right, happening right. in the country right now. And yeah. also, you know, China loves to report on the U.S. and loves to talk shit about what's happening in America. That's just like every day. There's something about Ukraine in the U.S. It's it's crazy. So,
0: yeah, dude, I, I I believe it. I mean, we have that too. Not as much.
1: Yeah, they, we we like to talk shit about ourselves too. It's it's not. Oh yeah, it's <laughs> not a it's not a specific China thing for sure
0: but it's like it's kind of like uh i hate to to be this person but it's kind of like you know we we were always at war with uh with Eurasia right now not East Asia right like everything is uh very focused on Russia right now like you don't see like uh Sean Hannity's not talking about the the chaicoms or whatever what does he call them he doesn't that's Alex Jones's thing the chaicoms he calls them the uh something else i don't know dude he's my best friend from from high school's uncle by the way all right hannity
2: or jones
0: hannity alex jones dude i wish alex jones is my best friend from high school's uncle that would be sick
1: you You you, you were talking about inflation a minute ago and right now is like the worst time to be holding like a bunch of cash and there's like i i don't know what to do because I want to get into another place, but I feel like prices prices might be better in September or August. And just sitting on that, trying to find something while like the rates shift around, it just feels
0: so bad. Same, bro. That's exactly where I am now. Yeah, I didn't expect you to be in this boat.
1: Neither did I, but here we are.
0: Dude, so obviously uh, you know, Tom's gone through a little bit of a rough patch. James is going through a bit of a rough patch, so... There's a story that I haven't told yet about moving here that I think I I owe it to both of you to uh, tell this story. I'm I'm looking forward to it. It really is pretty bad.
1: Oh, okay. Maybe maybe not then.
0: I thought this was going to be a
1: cheer-up story. No, no.
0: Well, it is. It is, right? It's like schadenfreude because I go down and you go up, right? This is zero-sum games so. i'll
2: tell you guys another sad story after you're done you and just to, okay. just to balance things yeah. based
0: on how bad my story is you can temper your story but basically uh my wife hired a moving company to move some of our stuff right um and the rest of the stuff would go in you know my i have the large the land rover she has her little car So we put all, like, the non-expensive stuff into boxes and sent it in this truck that was supposed to meet us here, like, a week later. The truck never came. Over the course of the last, like, three weeks, we've lost touch with the moving company entirely. And now tomorrow we have to report everything stolen and see what happens. I guess this is, like, a pretty common thing if you hire, like, a shady moving company. I'd never heard that before, but everybody seems to have a story about it now that I've gone going through it. But I brought most of my magic cards with me in my car. But I did pack one box in the uh, like one of those five row things, like 5000 cards basically into one of those boxes. And when I, I swear, I looked in the box because I have three boxes like that. I looked in the box. I was like, OK, this is the one that I care about the least. Go with the people. I actually sent uh, 10 unlimited duels, um, an old-school deck, a pre-modern deck, uh, three lilies, uh, four mox diamonds. I haven't tallied it up, but probably like 20 grand worth of cards, and the insurance is only nine grand.
1: The total insurance for all of the stuff that you have in the... Oh.
0: No, and j- just those magic cards, right? Not, never mind, like, our exercise equipment or clothes or anything. Oh, no. Yeah, so I'm probably out, like, half my collection or whatever.
1: That's so gross.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, it's not, like, for sure yet, but that's uh, that, that happened, and it's uh, something I, I'm still coming to terms with.
2: Well, I'm sorry to hear that. So the moving company just they just vanished. Like they just stopped yeah. taking calls, emails, texts. They just but and then I guess they must have just disappeared because it it would have to be like a one-shot thing cuz they wouldn't be able to do business again under the same Well, it's a shell name, game. Right? Yeah, it's a, it, exactly.
0: It's a shell game. So the people that we dealt with and we paid half the money to, you know, you pay half up front or whatever.
1: Did they, like, subcontract it out to somebody else and that other person is just, like, not registered, just bolted with the stuff?
0: That's so fucked up. So they're like, look, this is a problem for us. You're not the only ones getting screwed. You took off with four people's stuff, you know. Um. So, like, our recourse is through them where we'll be, you know, uh, reporting the property stolen on their behalf right because they they're contracting the person but they don't actually have it anymore they they could i mean they could have just looked at it and been like okay this is worth more than nine grand we're gonna fence it right but uh yeah this is like apparently something that happens with some degree of frequency so just so all, all the listeners are aware not to not to uh don't go the same route that i went as eminem once said
1: now my my sister and her husband are moving from um from Ohio to Utah and they're doing it in two two moves too and it's moving like packing and moving companies from both of them. Uh but their stuff isn't scheduled to get there until like two or three weeks from now, so I hope I hope nothing happens with that. That's that's I, insane.
0: Yeah, dude, and I I don't know, I just wasn't paying enough attention and like I like I said, I was trying to put like this box of inexpensive cards and I don't know how I possibly screwed this up, but i screwed it up, so
1: that's I mean, that's that's not the reason why I dumped a whole bunch of my stuff to Rodney. I just didn't want to move it, and I didn't think that I needed it anymore. But if you guys are moving cross-country now, you know it's safer. Just talk to Rodney, and then Rodney will sell your cards. And then when you get there, you'll have a PayPal that won't get lost with the movers. I just wanted to shout him out again. That's I still can't fucking believe that. So if you guys are in a market of anywhere from Ohio to New Hampshire and, like, somebody, somebody comes in with, like, an old-school deck with a bunch of legacy stuff that might have some, like, uh, Second Amendment stickers on the box, or, like, you you know, you know, you know what it would have, then, like, then you definitely gotta get in touch with the end.
0: That's so It actually, up. it says Dark Maga on the top. Oh, God. It's so a spray paint.
1: I wish I didn't know what...
0: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it sucks, but... I'll, I'll tally it up someday, and everybody can laugh at me, but
2: yeah, yeah I'm really been, sorry so. to hear that, man. yeah, jokes aside I'm sorry to sorry to hear that that's like it's not your fault at all, obviously, like who would have known something like that could happen right and I think people if I was moving, I would just be like I'm sure I have a lot going on if I'm moving, so it's like I don't may not even have time to sell my magic cards, but it's definitely a good good piece of advice, right? if somebody had the time to to let Rodney help with that for sure. I think yes, I think the messed
1: up the messed up part is they're probably going to go through all that stuff and not even understand that that box is the most expensive thing that's in the truck. They'll like sell all the furniture and the TVs and the electronics and stuff, and they'll be like, oh, "Like what is this?" And it'll probably get thrown in the trash.
0: Oh, Honestly, I, I don't think so because everything else was so cheap. It was like, um, well, I mean, it was clothes. Like nobody wants secondhand clothes, right? That was a lot. That was like. We had fourteen boxes total, and ten of them were closed. So, and then there was like exercise equipment, uh, a guitar, like stuff like that. It was it really, the expensive stuff went in the car. I just put the wrong box in the thing. So, I think it's it's pretty likely that somebody might have known what it was. So, whatever, there's still like I think I'd estimate there's still like a twenty five percent chance I get them back. So, All I hope it's so. not lost yet. Hey, James, have you listened to the new uh, Kendrick?
2: I have not. Is it any good? You have
0: not, dude. You're locked in. What's your excuse? What you have better things to do right now?
2: I, I, I. Yeah, it's just totally, totally dropped my radar. I was, yeah, it's wow. good, right? I gotta get get on but, that.
0: Weren't you like a hip hop head? I thought you were. Am I, I, could, I could be wrong. I don't know.
2: I am I just I, it's just uh yeah it's okay so here's the thing right recently with the lockdown I'm going to sound very privileged now it's like you know before we had some help to do housework and things like that now I'm doing like you know 3 4 hours of housework a day I have to literally, I have to actually wash my own dishes oh, <laughs> and no. and you know I've just gotten really into I've just gotten really into the podcast stuff right because like you always want to listen to something because all this stuff like who loves doing chores it's just super monotonous and it, and so i the whole even though i have spotify for all the podcasts i just somehow like miss the new music new music stuff and uh uh you know i was working on some um uh some ukrainian based projects <laughs> just recently and so i got it into started getting into um ukrainian music and all this kind of stuff too and so i this whole uh kendrick stuff just uh yeah it just wasn't on my radar so
0: you know, how much time did you spend editing this Ukrainian life?
2: It's probably about 30 hours. And it was about 15 hours to do the interviews themselves because it was like around a dozen people had to edit it down. And maybe five hours or so for getting feedback from friends and collecting that and putting it back in. So I'd say about like fifty, fifty 50 to 60 in total.
0: Holy yeah. shit. How much feedback have you gotten? I mean, that was incredible, bro, what you did with that. Like, like, you know, the editing. I mean, the, the idea for the project, first of all, and the interviews and everything were great, but the editing specifically stood out to me as being like a, on a different plane for typical magic stuff, you know?
2: Yeah, I so i got some pretty good feedback there were like basically i tried to signal boost by getting some magic influencers to try to listen to it ahead of time um you know people like you (laughs) people like uh saffron olive and uh and uh various people in the magic community and they were very supportive so that way when i when i uh when i released the episode i try to make sure that as many people could listen to as possible uh, I did a subreddit thread. It got locked right away because the the magic redditors didn't want to deal with anything remotely political. But they left it there so people could still see the link, right? Oh, and, okay. Um, gotcha. But yeah, but most importantly, so it was upvoted, but but you can't comment on it, right? Which is fine. Uh, but I think most importantly, the Ukrainian magic community really appreciated. Now, I'm not, I'm not gonna assume that it's a huge community it's not because you know like just by talking to them i i know it's not a huge community but i i think for this kind of thing it was more like i felt important to just get it out there even if like one person listened to it that learned something to me that's still kind of worth it so i don't i don't kind of do this thing just based on thinking like what's the roi like okay how many listens yeah, am i sure. gonna get i mean it was it's pretty decent but i mean i'm not gonna lie like um you know, a week later or maybe recently, people started talking about some random small thing like, you know, vaccination requirements at SCG Con and that's there was like, you know, fifty times more stuff about that than this Ukrainian life. And am I bitter? Kinda. But, you know, that's that's just the way it is, right? People just care about what's going on in their own backyard. They don't give two shits about what's going on in in their another country you guys actually asked me took the time to ask me about china which i really appreciate but nobody gives a fuck right i mean in general it's just human nature so um so yeah i don't know that's that's not what i intended to say but uh you know that's it's just the way it is and i just hope that some people get some awareness out of it and that's that's cool right so
0: so basically you got daryl aired the fuck out is what you're saying
2: Exactly. Darrow was uh, was the man, I gotta say.
1: <laughs> I didn't, Damn, that's I didn't crazy, see bro. any of that on Twitter. But maybe maybe just to to get a few more listens on that episode, you can put a big disclaimer that uh, you need to show a vaccine card to download the episode and then your uh, your views on Twitter <laughs> will just skyrocket.
2: And then the exposure
1: for that episode yeah. will go through the roof too.
2: Yeah, um, I, I, I should probably keep promoting the episode. But I, honestly speaking, like ser- in, on a serious note, like I, I really enjoyed doing the episode. I thought the feedback from the community was really positive and really awesome because I think it did bring awareness to, to people who are not aware of the issue, just like I was before I started interviewing the Ukrainian Magic players. And um, I've, got another <laughs> I've got another dilemma. So uh, this is a little inside baseball. So I actually interviewed Pete Hoefling, um a few weeks ago and um you know president of scg and he's still in my editing queue and uh we're gonna we're pete and i are gonna have to figure this out because i think we're gonna record a, a new addendum addressing the the recent stuff i was like just freaking out like am i gonna release this episode and you know i think we probably have to address the uh the elephant in the room so pete has uh agreed to do it he's probably going to issue his uh Statement on humans and magic. We'll get it out hopefully soon. That's so. crazy. Let's go
0: finding a way to cash in on that. I like it.
2: I, I mean, I <laughs> if I cash in, you mean getting my podcast canceled? Sure, yeah.
0: <laughs> bro. That's a great point, though. I, I didn't think about that that you made about like doing it for them. Like that's objectively a good thing, and I wasn't even thinking about that angle, but like you know, regardless of the feedback or the number of spins you get, it, you know, stateside or, or, you know, amongst the uh, Anglosphere or what have you, um, that that is rewarding in itself, right, to these people in, in this country right now that are, are living uh, a very tough life, right? I mean, regardless of how you feel about, you know, the geopolitical situation or anything like that, you know, I mean, I think all three of us are rooting for Putin, right, but um i'm just kidding (laughs) i wanted to see how james would react to that but
2: um no i mean i mean i i i I think you're making a a really good point because um just real quick like two points i want to make like number one uh yeah it is about them it's not about me like it's not about stroking my ego to make this podcast this is also why um i didn't keep the original like narration that i had so basically i try to like it's it's about them so you know i try to like record like you know like kind of the narrative thing after where it wasn't like me in the first person because i really wanted to have their voices right and that shows in the episode i hope and secondly i tried to make the episode without any geopolitical comment on my own because i think the episode should be listenable regardless of whether you believe this is like about NATO containment or it's about you know do you not in the country or it's about what the u.s narrative wants you to believe like it's just about people that are living it and suffering just like how you know i'm locked down it's not great i'm not making a commentary on um is it good or bad Uh, in the same way i think ukrainian magic players are suffering or ukrainians are suffering it has nothing to do with you know what's right or wrong and and as you know ian like we've talked about a lot of stuff over the years it's like most of the stuff is gray. so it's it's just about their lived experience right so that's what i want to say
0: no that's awesome bro that that's very well put i think and it's a very commendable thing you've done so hopefully uh you know hopefully all the people that you interviewed things go well for them staying you know they uh stay safe uh some of them are already left the country right but uh if, you, if anybody who's listening if you haven't listened to the episode yet i'd highly recommend it what it, it was called this ukrainian life right
2: yeah you can just find it if you go to humansamagic.com.
0: So in your uh, in your 50 day lockdown, how much moto have you played?
2: So, I just tweeted this this is this is also why I love you guys having being on this podcast because I know that we don't actually play legacy. we just talk about legacy, right I, I, that's okay, right. maybe I can't speak for you guys for myself. I think it's day twenty eight that I haven't logged into Moto, so i I kind of I missed out on getting the ledger shredders for my delver deck uh, and I think they're what like thirty or forty ticks now, so I'm just like. Let's wait for the thing to go down a little bit. Uh, Yeah, so it's been 30 days. Uh, I was playing a little bit when the lockdown started. I played a little bit of Modern, played a little bit of uh, Legacy, but I just uh, haven't been playing as much recently. How about you guys?
1: I'm playing Sunday in a team event. Uh, TJ's was supposed to have one, but they switched the schedule of their event so it wouldn't conflict with the one that I'm going to. I got reached out to... Um, by by a listener actually. Um, Tony, uh, Tony Del Pre and um, Andrew Mag had a teammate drop out, and they were like, "Hey, like, do you do you do you want to play? We have like an open spot." So I switched my schedule around to be able to play, and they like, so it's so it's Team Unified Legacy. So uh, I can basically play anything blue that doesn't have Wasteland. So they were like, like we have the the um. Sharknado Jeskai control build and I like talked about it for a while and I finally let them convince me to play like a very mediocre bad Jeskai Stoneblade deck um, because I'm going to enjoy playing it more than the uh, than the um, the control version but we'll see what happens on Sunday I like I definitely haven't played a ton and I haven't logged into Modo, uh more recently than you have um, I've just been playing in paper when I can I mean, paper's always going to be time? better. Uh, that's at it. uh, ELD. Um, uh, it's at ELD. Yep. I can't remember the store name, but yeah. Uh, is it in Bellingham? Somewhere, somewhere. Something like that, yeah. Yeah.
0: Somewhere Pat Uglow-esque.
1: Yes, in, in Pat's home area. Sort of like yep. the, the bog between the Pike and, and Rhode Island. Somewhere, somewhere down there. It's the
0: tri-state state area, right? Yeah.
2: Now yeah, is that because someone is already playing Island. DNT? Yeah. That
1: oh, so somebody, so my team is playing Ruby Storm lands and then whatever I want to do. So it wasn't yeah, DNT Tony, that one so of the teammates Yeah, So he really likes play.
0: that deck, huh?
1: Yeah, he's done. He's done really well with it. Like he top aided online. The, uh... Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, he top aided online. He top aided the asterisk event. Um, that we don't want to talk about at the store that we don't want to talk about. Oh, gotcha. Um, uh, and, uh, yeah, he's been doing well with it, so, uh, we'll, we'll see, we'll see how this goes. Oh,
0: that's sick. Yeah. Any, uh, yeah, any legacy is, is better than, uh, better than nothing. That's sick. I didn't realize that Tony listened to this, uh, podcast.
1: Yeah, he does. Actually, with the, you know how SoundCloud has that, like, you can see who's listening it's kind of like creepy tracking but he's he's right up there now oh right 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 next to right next to teabag tom oh
0: sick (laughs) it's always uh it's always weird when you find out like good you know good players are listening it's always uncomfortable but (sighs) i hope you do well man that's that's, uh that's pretty cool
1: yeah i'm sure we'll talk about it next week but that's that's my contribution i get to uh, i get to play stoneblade and come back and be like well so stone Blade stone blade might not be super super great in position but here's what i did because i played paper legacy for a long time and most people don't
0: so there you go bro if i was playing a paper legacy event this weekend you wouldn't I be playing think, mox would...
1: diamond oh uh.
0: <laughs> yeah i have Sorry. limited card availability Sorry. i have card availability <laughs> <laughs> issues right
1: now but no what uh what do you think you would play
0: Remember you played against that pox deck in um at at the uh, Legacy Pit?
1: I do. Like the Hogak, I got I got a the shout, Hogak deck? I got a shout out uh because we talked about that last week and uh he the the player of that deck actually reached out to me and I was like I just hope I dodge pox in uh in the next Legacy Pit event and he's like you know what most of the people in that discord are from the area so so good luck.
0: I was thinking about playing that deck but splashing for uh hooting mandrels potentially and just calling it monkeypox. i think that would uh
1: very current eventish
0: yeah i think that that would be worth it because you know i'm not gonna do well so i might as well have fun i don't know it just popped in my head bro i got that was was a corny joke but i thought
2: you might as well make a statement right yeah i
0: thought you were
1: going somewhere serious with that for sure i was like Oh, alright, I guess it's already splashing green and mandrills is an efficient threat. I didn't I didn't <laughs> see that coming. I should have I should have,
0: but I didn't. Nah. I didn't. Dude, Angler's already there. So James, you listen to that all in podcast?
2: I did. I did. Uh have you listened to the full episode?
0: No, I got through like maybe fifty minutes or so. Okay. Uh is there yeah, anything was pretty interesting. In, the, in the second half? Anything worth worth listening to?
2: Honestly, the non Twitter stuff was better. So, it it was a okay. lot of Elon talking about Tesla and how he constructs the company and how it's like actually five or six companies in one. He yeah. talked trash about one of his co founders who I didn't know. I guess they tried to sue him or something. So he he started going off on that stuff. That was that stuff was hilarious. So I I loved all the non Twitter stuff. But I but it, it's so. Um, it's so fitting right it's like they they, I guess the hot topic is to ask Elon about Twitter but then you you remember that okay this guy is actually working on a lot more important things than (laughs) trying to buy Twitter right now which is um, it's a good listen yeah
0: Yeah, absolutely he's working on uh, obviously Tesla he's working on uh, you know getting people to Mars he's working on flight attendants he's a busy guy
2: there, there's a really funny thing, and I, 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 you have to listen for yourself. But there's a really funny segment where Jay Cal, Jason Calacanis, the host, asks him about like, so how is it that Twitter uh, doesn't know how many bots yeah, yeah. are on their platform? And Elon's like, well, I try to ask them, but they said it's too difficult to explain. Like, it's too hard <laughs> to figure out. And Jay Cal was just like. Apparently, it's easier to like get to Mars than to figure out how many bots are <laughs> yeah. on Twitter. And I thought that was fucking hilarious.
0: Yeah, there were some great lines in there for sure. I think, uh, you know that that whole thing is obviously very interesting. I think that he's sort of a liability on like a live wire podcast like that compared to like you know written when he can when he can craft his message because. I felt like he's he's sort of autistic, right? He's 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 very deliberate when he speaks, right? He's sort of like um, you know he's Elon. He's Elon. He, I I don't know. I, I mean, maybe Asperger. I don't know what his technical diagnosis is, but like you could tell when when he's avoiding a topic. That's what I found most interesting about the podcast is like where he would steer when he would start to panic and stutter and steer away from certain things so like after that i really don't think he's buying twitter like just based on his answers his cadence like his his how he spoke uh i really don't think it's going to happen because you know just based on on the direction that he took the questions but i think it's interesting man because like the the most important thing about this that people forget is you know, they, they voted, they had the board assemble on a Friday and vote on the poison pill. Vanguard, State Street, and BlackRock each got double digit stakes in the company that week. So they, they basically had him locked out entirely. And then over the weekend, they're just like, oh, hey, you can buy Twitter, no problem. So, like, what happened that weekend? Did he say, oh, hey, I'm not actually going to buy it? You know, did he, did, 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 did it leak? To them to the board through like some third party oh this is what elon's planning he's gonna do this and that and this you know like you know without getting too conspiratorial about it it's like what happened like th- they just breezed right by that but that's like a, a very important thing that we never got an answer to that doesn't yeah. sit right with me
2: it's also interesting because elon even says himself on the podcast like he likes to build things from scratch whether it's tesla or spacex or these things so one of the questions that they asked him was just like why don't you just or they implied it was like why don't you just build twitter like why do you need to spend 60 something billion dollars to and deal with this shit to to buy it right because his his track record has really not been about acquisitions and uh I don't think he had a good answer for that. He just kind of then went off and and segued into Tesla because I guess he wanted to, like you said, kind of maybe avoid the the question, right, or the implications. So, um, I mean, I, I, I have no inside knowledge, right? But I, I just feel like um, this could all be like some kind of massive troll. Like he, does, he didn't really want to buy the thing in the first place, which sounds incredible, but maybe he's just like kicking the tires. And as you said, like he has a lot of reasons to back out now so you know it's uh who the heck knows right yeah
0: yeah and he might even like some people have talked about you know the 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 other side of the conspiracy which is like uh the the jerry me heads out there he's buying twitter so he doesn't get kicked off twitter right that that sort of uh Conspiracy about it. Like he's using Twitter to pump stocks, like pump crypto schemes and, and he just doesn't doesn't want to lose his golden egg. His, his, his you know, Twitter's his, his golden goose that lays his golden eggs and he doesn't want to get banned. And, uh, you know, I hate to admit it, but like with this acquisition, this ongoing acquisition and then the potential fallout from that, he could have like a, a pretty huge suit on you know against Twitter if he does get banned in the future so like there is you know I don't really buy into that side of it but there is a lot of ammo in that gun at at the moment you know speaking of Jerry a lot of ammo in the gun
2: by the way how's Jerry doing has he did he end up eating those underground seas or what
0: bro he's gone off the deep end he's he's holed up in his room with a uh, car 98 right now I'm not even we get, kidding. We get daily. We get <laughs> I, daily pictures I, of daily daily
1: fine, <laughs> from stores where he's like, "Look, this is like, this is ammo from 1948. Take a look at this compared to what what we have today."
0: I don't, I don't know what happened. What
2: well, is it? The, is it the girlfriend or what? What happened there?
0: Yeah, bro. He's he, you know he's got the the place with the girlfriend now, and his nesting instinct kicked in. All of a sudden, he. Uh, he realized, like, a, stock up. Uh, yeah, he's got something to defend, and uh, he's defending it. He's defending it very well. I'm proud of him. He's uh, he's really. I just. Really uh, come uh, I was come a just listening to.
2: I was just listening to Julian's podcast. Like the they just had a new episode, and they talked about how Jerry made some sort of bet that a card would be or not be oh, playable, the blue, the and blue he would give coming. them a lot of money. And it's like they weren't even. Julian wasn't even participating in the bet. It was like a one-sided bet. Like what? What was that about? They were kind of vague about it. Do you guys know about that?
1: Oh, that was was it? Court. Of, that was probably like a year and a half, two years ago, right?
0: Yeah, I don't. I, have no I haven't idea. followed the specifics of it, but like Hackbert, I think it was, um, and maybe somebody else. Um, I think maybe Josh Persh, uh yeah, I think it was Pershbocker was um, talking to me about it maybe like six months ago or so. Like every time that that card ends up in a top eight, because it's a good sideboard card, right? Like it's it's what we thought it would be. It's sort of like a Planeswalker. I think with, with Prismatic ending around, it probably has gone down in, in playability, but, um, you know, by a small amount maybe. But yeah, basically he said that this card's garbage, you know, and other people felt differently, and he, you know, you know how Jerry gets, right? Like we've all been in arguments with Jerry. Well,
2: Corda Cunning was like when I when I was playing more Legacy like six or seven months ago. Like it was actually in the top eight of like online oh, yeah. Legacy challenges, right? Like uh-huh. it was pretty pretty big at that time.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, especially uh, in that late Oko meta. It was it was big there with um, you know, because it it was like an enchantment, like with the carpet of flowers, like four color decks. It was like, you know, even two sideboards sometimes I would see. So, I don't know, man. Like, I I I don't know anything other than what I've said so far, but (laughs) that's pretty hilarious. To be owes somebody two underground seas now. Is that what you think it is, James?
2: I I have no idea. Like I just I just randomly heard this. I thought the underground season eating it was like some earlier bet and not this one. But I I could be wrong. Like, uh, oh, you're yeah, talking no about idea. physically.
0: Oh, you're yes, dude. Now I remember. He's that was t- way you're back. About right. Literally was way back. Eating them.
2: Yeah, so there was like two things, right? He was talking. He he bet he would eat his yeah, underground yeah, seas yeah. if something happened. And then recently, I just heard like, okay, it's actually a money wager, not eating underground seas. But I'm just like, like, wow, Jerry seems very, uh, very confident with the cold shots and stuff. So, <laughs> yeah, he give,
0: give a guy a well, firearm.
2: And- yeah, a lot more
1: confident with the shots with all the ammo he's sitting on for sure. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, dude, I, I was—I thought you meant eat like financially speaking.
2: No, I meant literally underground seas.
0: Bro, is that a Celtics shirt, by the way?
2: No, no, no. I'm, I, fuck, man. I'm not. I don't support the Celtics. I mean, Boston fans are just uh, insufferable, right, Tom? Uh, well, actually, no. You're this a a is fan. a. This is a Coyote Hills. It's it's a it's a half marathon I ran like in 2014. Yeah, I'm a Bulls fan. I'm a diehard Bulls fan. So. I'm still watching the playoffs yeah. because I love basketball. Not like these um, casual fans, but, uh, but you know, I, I'm not a huge fan of the Celtics. But I, I, do, I have watched every game, but uh, uh, just just out of my love for basketball, basically.
0: I'm. I, I hate to admit this, but I'm becoming a fan. Like, how could you not like Pritchard and Smart? You know, and Horford. I like. I like. I've always liked Horford, but you like, said Smart's Pritchard your favorite is, player, right? That was before Pritchard went off though. We recorded the night before Pritchard went off that night. So yeah, Pritchard is my definitely my favorite now.
1: Hopefully, hopefully know, everybody know, stays out of COVID protocol and the Celtics can take care of the heat. This is like this is a really nice run. We've been waiting uh yeah, yeah we've been waiting for a while.
0: Yo, Jimmy Butler yeah. is so good now. Like, what the fuck happened with him? What's he on?
1: I mean, he was he was always good, right?
0: He was always a good player. He was just yeah, never uh, like an Yeah, kind of
1: yeah he was just never like the guy um, until he got into the situation in Miami, right? So,
0: like, he looks like Jamie Foxx mm. He plays like Michael Jordan. He's basically just fucking, you know, unstoppable. Oh,
2: I'm okay. yeah. I'm. He's got a lot of history too. I mean, like, I think he went off against the Sixers because I mean they they basically decided not to not to keep him. Uh, my own thing with Jimmy goes way back because he was a bull for a long time Uh, I mean but objectively speaking yeah he's a he's a really good player I think what's really interesting in this series is that he's become maybe the best player or the second best player in the series whereas before the series you would have definitely said Tatum or maybe even Brown ahead of him but it's just like this is the final four right this is like the playoffs this is where like just sometimes you just you just out talent the other team no matter what schemes they have. So um, But Boston's looking really good. I mean they just blew out Miami yesterday. So Yeah,
1: and that game one um, loss they were down they were down a bunch of people. Like just yeah. And
0: they were up a bunch of points at halftime too.
1: Yeah, the, yes. the Celtics losses have all been close and most of them have been close, so they've had a chance to win them even though they haven't played great. And when the Celtics like when yeah. they're clicking, you, you see what happened in game two.
2: Yeah. What I what I really love about Boston this uh postseason is just that they don't give up. It's like it's like they're in a boxing fight and they're they they could just give up. Like there were so many times I felt like during the Milwaukee series where they could have just laid down and died in the second or third quarter by not like punching back and making a counter run. But they just they're just so resilient like they just they just like you have guys like uh derrick white and pritchard just keeping them like together in the second and third quarters when they look like nobody could score in a lot of these games and they just find a way they just they just don't like they just don't give up like because let's be honest like right now in the nba you the reason why there are all these like a team wins by 30 and the next the next game they lose by 30. like it's because teams honestly aren't even trying that hard but i feel like boston at least they they make adjustments they they try and a lot of their players are just on a whole nother level this season like Marcus smart especially just like his dribble penetration like his decision making and being a point guard like if if you if you watch the games like it's it's really incredible what boston has done uh even though i'm not a fan i just i i do like the way they play they play the game so
0: well, I mean, there's all his technical skills, but also that heart, that hustle that you're just talking about. Like, that's really what he brings, in my opinion, is like the most valuable uh, thing he's brings to the table.
1: A ton, a ton yeah. of toughness.
0: Yeah, he's like the Oakley and you know kind he of. doesn't. Yeah,
2: yeah, he's like Oakley. He doesn't give a fuck, right? Like, um, remember that that uh, in the last round where like uh, you know Drew Holiday had that. Um, had that critical play on Smart in the final seconds and then the, he knocked the ball off Smart and people were saying once again like it's told this whole narrative thing like oh you know Smart is like complaining again he can't get it done and then guess what they won the next game so it's just like the Celtics just they have somehow learned to just stop listening to the haters and just 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 fucking get it done that's, that's what i love about them you know and and their shooting I feel like i really owe really you a well. so
0: small that's yeah yeah <laughs> I feel like I owe you a small apology, though, James, because uh, the, the wh- you know I've only really watched the Celtics series. This is a very small apology, by the way. Don't uh, don't look so satisfied. But the uh, the Celtics basically, uh, or the NBA, I should say, pretty good. You know, I mean, like the the product is a lot better than I was giving it credit for. I was, you know, my opinions were. Were accurate but dated, right? Like I, I was speaking about the NBA, you know, between fifteen and and ten years ago. Really, is when I pretty much stopped paying close attention to it. But the officiating is like so much better. I mean, it was basically fixed at that point, and it's like so legitimate now. Uh,
1: I, I don't know. Watching watching the Celtics games, if you're like, yeah, the refereeing is outstanding. I don't know what you're smoking but playoff I mean, playoff that, basketball is dude, different than regular season basketball this is the this and is officiating
0: like, basketball is not easy bro like I mean I, I would be horrible at it maybe you, you probably have more experience with it, Tom maybe you don't feel less, the same I do but
1: well I mean it's it's I, a thankless I, job right and if you if nobody's talking about you that means you did okay but there I mean right. there it, it's it's so hard to officiate uh I don't know players like Giannis. like who take oh, dude. super oh, aggressive moves to the hoop He's to clear so out. So down. if you talk about the Milwaukee series, right, like how <laughs> like when when do you call an offensive foul? How do you call that both ways? Like I yeah, I don't know whether or not I could have officiated that, but watching that series and seeing some plays where like, uh, it's an offensive foul on Tatum, but Giannis can yep. can knock somebody over, like, very clearly yep. and they they reverse the call and give the Bucks of all, but it doesn't matter. They won that series. Yeah. But the officiating yeah. is always kinda of sketchy in basketball. Because of that, it is really yeah. hard. Um and uh I don't know. I don't think it's fixed fixed, but it hasn't been hasn't been perfect.
0: I've never thought that a series was fixed, right? Like, you know, oh, the Bulls are gonna win this series, the Lakers are, are going to it the just finals. Yeah. Always it then, always
1: seems like they want to stretch it out the each series it, out, like till exactly. game seven.
0: Yeah. That's what they were doing, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Giannis, dude, he has this fucking move that drives me crazy. What when, when he's going in, when he when he's like committing to driving, and he he'll pivot, he'll he'll take like a hop with both feet, and he'll like he'll have the ball in both hands, but he'll like put it on the floor like he's dribbling, mm-hmm. and then he'll just basically like pretend he dribbled and then go in, and he'll end up taking like four steps basically. And I would just watch that, and I'd just be like, "How can you, how can you officiate this?" You know, like. now it's four. It, it's for, it's, a, it's a steps mess. plus. It's
1: yeah, four steps plus clearing out with the offhand and yeah. shouldering, like drop step shouldering your opponent to bullet, like to push them back. And when yeah. you're that big and that long, like you just you
0: can't defend that. It's water polo. He's playing water though. <laughs> is effectively what he's doing.
2: Well to be to be fair he has been called uh in the playoffs on stuff like that like where he does the gather step and it's actually a step too much um also he was leading the postseason in offensive fouls called on him so it's not like they're not calling it entirely but i do agree in the sense that Giannis was kind of like peak shack like it's really hard to officiate him like either he commits a foul every time he makes a move yeah, yeah. or you don't call it on him It. It's basically what that's basically like um, the philosophy of the um, and he knows it too. He's a smart guy. Like it's the philosophy of the '90s Knicks, right? It's like either you call a foul on us like every literally every <laughs> second, or you swallow the whistle and then Pat Riley and the the Knicks figure it out. Like let's just let's just brutalize them, right? And uh, he he's he's kind of like worked out like how to get not, how to work the refs. It's uh, yeah, I guess this is actually an anti-officiating statement, but. uh yeah, but it's it's hard to – it's hard. Like, either you call it all the time or even, like, back in the day when AI was, like, carrying the ball every time. Like, do you call that every time or do you just never call it? I guess they just never called it, right?
1: Never call it on a player with a contract like that. No. But at least peak Shaq, like, started deep post. And it was just a drop step and he's there. Gian- Giannis is driving yeah. from, like, from beyond the three-point line. He'll make that move in the paint. <laughs> but, like, there's a lot more stuff going yeah. on than just uh, than just playing the post. Yeah. All right, well, you, I, I got excited. You guys, we talked
2: about basketball. Do do you guys do you guys know uh, Ryan Russillo, the the broadcaster?
0: Not intimately. I, I don't like. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, he's not the co- friend of your cousin, right? But, but but you know, he's the sportscaster, right? And he had a really yeah. good um, thing on his podcast. He said, like, look, everybody's whining about the officiating in the NBA playoffs. Well, let me tell you one thing. When has officiating ever been good in NBA playoffs. Did anyone ever say like, you know, back in 2006 it was like the golden age and they called everything perfectly, right? I think I think at the, at some point when the refs I think are that just That was the low point. Honestly. Even if you think they're bad, like if they're uniformly bad on both sides, it sort of equalizes things.
0: That's how but, I feel about yeah, it now. Yeah, I guess you know? you're
1: right. You're absolutely right. I
0: didn't even realize that everybody was complaining about the officiating. I, I don't follow like the basketball I guess media as closely as you probably you guys probably do, so I didn't well, even realize I've, that was a complaint.
1: I've watched quite a quite a few of the Celtics playoff games out at like out at a bar, uh, and yes, you notice it, but that's that's the atmosphere.
0: <laughs> oh, so you're? How much green beer have you drank?
1: Recently? Z- zero. I have had green beer. Yeah, like well, you you're going Patrick out to Celtics Day. bars? Only well I mean like local places with the with, like with the Celtics game on. I don't know if you call like Buffalo Wild Wings a oh, okay. Celtics bar, but but that's where I watched game, okay. game six <laughs> of the Yeah.
2: Yeah. Damn. Tom, when do you start your bartending nice. career?
1: Uh soon. So I have to do this onboarding for, I have to take like an online course to get uh certified to be a bartender but in the next few weeks I will be pouring beers at granite coast brewery in Peabody it should be really nice so i I can't wait
0: oh dude Jerry and I should come in then because he's he's right there too right
1: yeah he's in Peabody yep um yep. the uh the head brewer that like old magic friend of mine who worked at harrison's with me so that's how that's how our connection started what 12 13 years ago um and he does a really really good job so i like all the beer it should be fun
0: that's sick so what treehouse just wasn't available or
1: well i mean like this is i yeah i like i'm working with friends it's it's different this was like this wasn't something that you got to work like, your way up the ladder. Yeah, I wanna, I wanna do that, but it, uh, it seems like it's gonna be a good fit.
2: So you really know how to make drinks. You're already, level right? one. Because I
1: wait. So are you gonna ask me like what's in a drink? Are we gonna do like a quiz?
2: No, no. I, 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 I wanted to know like how much domain knowledge you have in bartending. Like, do you already know how to basically make any drink that someone asks you to? To make, because to me that just seems really incredible. Like I can't even name like ten drinks, let alone make. One Bro, drink, he has you know twenty
0: five I mean? years of, of extensive practice.
2: <laughs> Jesus. Now, I I
1: think I'd be able to make the common ones. However, uh, there's no liquor license there, so it's just the beer that they brew on site. So it's like, uh, I have knowledge of the beers and I know how to pour a beer from a tap. So and that's I think that's pretty much gonna be what I'm doing. So no um yeah no mixed drinks no anything like that
0: i'll be honest with you james because i I, you know i bartended for nine years or whatever actually seven years uh bartending is not about like making drinks you know like like knowing how to how to make the drinks or whatever i mean it's about like
2: chatting and interacting is that what it is it's
0: about it's about yeah interacting with people and uh like time management like multitasking and like you know hyper threading basically like in programmers speak like you know how many things you can you can do at once like going in a direction where you you are like in 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 one single path taking care of three or four things and like being as efficient as possible when you're busy and keeping everyone happy right and like managing expectations that's like what a good bartender is like actually mixing drinks is like that shit's for like discovery channel
2: (laughs) (laughs) I, yeah. I find like, this whole thing like super the... mysterious because, like, as a customer, I'll be sitting at a bar, and, and they'll be asking me, like, you know, hey, how's, how are things going? And then, like, they will be, like, 17 minutes they ask me, and then, like, 21 minutes later they ask me, I'm just, like, what is going on here? Like, like what sort of internal system do they have? And there seems to be, like, a, a logic that I don't understand, so.
0: Bro, you're not sitting at any bars right now. Is that a bar behind you, actually?
2: No, no. What this is that, a is, grand uh, piano. This is a piano. We we don't like. This is uh, my my wife plays it the is. piano, so uh, she's yeah yeah. Do you do you guys oh, play? Because I wow. I don't know how to play the piano. Yeah.
0: I love messing with pianos. I'm not good. I'm not a good player, but I love playing them. I'd love to have yeah. one someday.
1: We we have one here, Maybe, but I uh, do not
0: play after the Tesla. Uh, so, I feel like we talked enough legacy at this point. You guys uh, have anything else? Anything you every, want to Every
1: We talk about magic every other week. We're still doing an episode every week, but it's only magic every <laughs> other week. Yeah. No,
2: we don't want to develop. I'm so, that so sorry that I let you guys down. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I should have talked about Delver or Regavan. Oh, no, Regavan is banned, so can't talk about that. We just talked about, instead, we just talked about the jury's prop bets, but it is what it is, right?
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, dude, this was a vibing episode. It was always going to be that. So I think uh, our listeners won't be disappointed. They know what they're in for. They signed up for it.
2: I hope I'm not getting your listeners to cancel their Patreon. That would be really bad. So <laughs> apologies in advance. No, I think yeah, we did that by, to- by not releasing an episode for like a year.
1: <laughs> so this, yep, that's, uh, we'll take full responsibility for that.
0: I wanted to real quick I wanted to shout out John Hannon if he's still listening because or Fannin if he's still listening, uh at this late hour because uh he's the, the one who I was giving shit about Cleveland food. And he took that, that comment I made last week a little too personally. So I felt I felt bad about it's that. It's like
2: the it's like the Michael Jordan meme and I took that personally, <laughs>
0: right? Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, I wanted to apologize. He's a really nice guy, and uh i I didn't mean to for that to like come out as an attack. Uh, I just thought it was a, a good time because we had Robert Wilson on the podcast so um.
2: look ian you you can have you can have your apology, and that's i hope he hears that, but I just have to say this is not related to you. Your rationalization is completely correct um, you cannot judge a city's food just by their best restaurant that you have to drive three hours to to get to it's about the median or the average that's that's really the point and it's not personally directed at any particular city or state that's just it's just what it is right
0: yeah dude a hundred percent like you know it's the median i think is is the best or the mode i guess maybe is what is what the food is right like that's what the city is like yeah maybe there's a great place but like that that's not the, the city's food level, but I, I'm I'm blessed. I live in a Dover, New Hampshire is like a, you know that's some Travel Channel shit. Discovery, <laughs> dude. Shanghai is probably before, up there, right? Before
1: we sign off, we definitely want to bump that.
2: Wait, say it again.
0: I said Shanghai's got to be up there, right, in terms of like world cuisine.
2: Oh, it is, yeah. Yeah, you can get basically uh, any type of food here. Uh, Well, pre-lockdown you could, but uh, once things get back to normal, sure.
0: Dude, I heard that there's like a stigma in China now about eating uh, the more, shall we we say, exotic animals. Is that true?
2: Yeah, I mean... uh I lived in Beijing and Shanghai, which are like very metropolitan urban cities. So you don't really run into some of the other stuff. But yeah, I mean, depending on where you are in China, yeah, you can before you could have more exotic, (laughs) exotic food or animals, let's just say. And that has certainly changed, especially after the pandemic.
0: Damn. So if I want some uh, grilled pangolin, I'm going to have to go out into the uh, way out into the countryside.
2: Unfortunately, yes. Damn. But uh, just be the change you want to see in the world, right?
0: Yeah, I think I'm, I might be going to Peru this summer. Actually, not that's not China, but I am excited about that. It's the first time leaving the country since 2015, I guess. So good for you, I I, I to, still to hope to make just it to
1: see China. to just like tourist, or is there like a like a reason?
0: No, my stepmom. My stepmom's Peruvian. Uh, her whole family's down there. And I'm the only one in my family who can speak Spanish, so they all know me and like me. We're like, they've all come to visit multiple times. So I know all of her family members, and, you know, they... Yeah, hopefully I'll, I'll be uh, checking it out for the first time. Nice. So, yeah, anything uh, Anything you guys wanted to add before we, we wrap?
1: no just james thanks for coming on i know that uh we got to talk a lot about magic but we got to talk about a lot more important stuff too and that was fun so thanks for thanks for giving us your perspective that's like like crazy everything that's happening over there right now
2: i appreciate you guys having me on i really enjoyed this
0: yeah hopefully you don't get in trouble for you know associating with us i'd hate to see you uh He's gonna he's gonna hang up and he's gonna turn yellow. He's gonna he's gonna turn <laughs> orange, probably orange, dude. It well, I am already
2: yellow, make? so that's not a problem.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. I mean to make what <laughs> make light of it.
2: It's okay. That's an American joke. I don't I don't give two shits about that. So. Oh. <laughs> we don't have to cut
1: that joke because Ian didn't make it. <laughs> yeah
0: oh my god. god damn dude i did not see that coming at all all right i think that's a good place to wrap. <laughs> good night guys <laughs>